0: You. Hey, listen, about earlier. Yeah, about I... that. Hey, I see you found your missing Senorita. Senorita has a name and it's Ashley. You are? Name's Luis. Encantado. Great. We all have names. Now then. Who are you? What are you doing here? Very good questions, unfortunately. Uh... Hey. hi. In that case, here, help me.
1: Ashley, quick, over here.
0: Welcome to episode 42 of the Video Game Podcast, PlayStation Pals. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm joined by the sorcerer to my necromancer, John. John, I've been having this feeling, you know, even after last weekend, and and what we're going to talk about is that this year is going to be one of the biggest years in video games.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, based on the start we've had (laughs) and the potential of games coming out, uh, I would have to agree. <laughs> Why? You tell you trying to sneak in Mario Odyssey into the, into no. the world so you can <laughs> well. That's
0: I mean we don't even shore know away it.
1: your fantasy league.
0: I mean we got rumors of how fall is going to shake down, but oh uh, yeah, we don't even have all the fall games yet. And I'm just thinking like we're going to be talking about Diablo Four, Resident Evil Four, and Tears of the Kingdom, and that's just the first six
1: months. Yeah, I mean I think this. I think we're definitely off to a start so far that has a one of the highest levels of overall consistency. What the year needs to get into that conversation of is this the greatest year ever? Is, <laughs> is that you know ironically that Tears of the Kingdom needs to be a, a 97 again? Right. You know where you have those right. one or two releases that just people can't believe how good they are. Maybe Starfield could be one. I doubt it. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man 2, you know, yeah. could get up there. But uh, Final
0: Fantasy 16, which Final Fantasy we found 16. out today, just went gold. That it's game, crazy. that game is gonna hit its release date, so that's that's happening. Yeah, and then uh, and we're getting more cyberpunk. There's gonna be some Phantom Liberty news in June. Yeah, but so. that game's
1: not good though. Okay, <laughs> my game of the year, huh? <laughs> Listen, you 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 besmirched my Kratos with that game. So, you know, I'm just going to I'm not going to let that go. That's that was sho- number 2. That's show lore, Nick.
0: And besmirched Kratos. You, you just said last episode that Elden Ring be- <laughs> would be your game of the year. It's Elden Ring, right? <laughs> this is the most awarded
1: game of all time.
0: So, uh yeah, I just it just like it's constantly in my brain of like man, I got to get through some games here. And same same with you is yeah. like I know you got this Elden Ring monkey on your back and we talked about like getting ready before June, but then I forgot all about that you want to play Tears of the Kingdom.
1: Yeah, that monkey's bending me over hard right now. <laughs> um just just give it to me raw. It's uh yeah, I I never really gave Tears of Kingdom uh the had yeah, the amount of thought that I feel like I, I should have at this point and it's sneaking up and I'm as we'll talk later on the show you know we got to see a little bit little bit of it and I'm incredibly excited for it so yeah um, yeah I mean at least with that game it, it's a switch game which makes my dad life it makes it a little bit easier to maybe fit in some some time with it but yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not not. easy for me right now, Nick. Yeah, I understand. Ever since Ferris Bueller's day off with me, you know, I, I'm back on my six hours a week at the most. Yeah,
0: so. yeah, that's all right. Well, yeah. hopefully you'll get there in time. Yep. And it doesn't help that Elden Ring is just a huge game like that's Well, that's, until then... We get to talk about it. Yeah. We get to be here and talk about it. (laughs) That's true. All right. So let's get into the show because we got a lot of games to talk about. This is how it works. John and I both bring three things to the table for a total of six things. It can be a video game we're playing, a news item, a topic, an email, the Pod at gmail.com or a Twitter DM at PSPalsPod. Follow us there if you want to get updates on the show. So... Let's kick it off. You know, I Johnny done the spot you last weekend about last show mm-hmm. about the upcoming weekend in which we would be playing Diablo Four. Now, unfortunately, my house turned on me yeah. and I lost power Saturday night. <laughs> you know, it, it was you know it was a small weekend. You know, is the probably the biggest beta ever, wow. and the release of Resident Evil Four, and my power had to go out for about almost
1: 24 hours yeah yeah you you know I, I don't i'm just gonna blame the wheel it's just, it's just the wheels yeah. fault you know i don't know how but it is uh yeah so shockingly enough it was not my fault and family obligations that got in the way of that yeah
0: you're 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 you were there
1: yep i was there i played a little bit um but you know luckily we did both get to get our hands on it though right next yeah to, got to check it out yeah after you got your power back up
0: <laughs> that's true yeah i played a couple hours uh, I got to level 17 with the Necromancer. You got to level 8 with a Sorcerer, mm-hmm. uh, which appears to be the two most popular classes in the in the game. Uh, Blizzard released a bunch of stats, and they were the most played classes.
1: Do you know what was the... I'm just curious. I, I don't know what the stats were, what lowest was.
0: No, they didn't say which one was the <laughs> lowest, but...
1: Bar- it's got to be Barbarian. is so boring. Well, What's a lot of people thing? said
0: that the Barbarian and the Druid were just not very good like really? they need some they need some buffs yeah um yeah, i saw an article i think it was from pc gamer saying they almost died in the early uh opening sections as the barbarian because they just were taking yeah. so much damage and not inflicting enough so
1: yeah i got a bit i, I fucked around with one up to, to level five which is nothing but I, I i can see that for sure yeah it yeah. just never felt good i'm just i'm getting no damage output and all the damage input so yeah, that makes yeah.
0: sense. But. So it was a pretty meaty beta. Uh, it gave us access to the entire starting zone, and I didn't even come close to seeing even, I don't even think, half of it. Um, uh, but we can give our thoughts on it. Uh, I played the Necromancer, as I mentioned, and I kind of really liked the design um, they kind of, you're limited to kind of six skills, and I think that's like the right number. I don't remember how many you got in Diablo 3 yet. You could equip at one time.
1: I mean, it's, it's all the face buttons and then two triggers. Yeah, so six.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah I just, I still think that's a great design, even though there are so many skills in the trees in this game, I think like if you had more than six skills, it would be unmanageable. No. Like to remember what is what and <laughs> which one's doing it. Yeah. Um,
1: that was one of my big, I remember when I got my hands on Diablo 3 on the consoles and um, you know, which was obviously the first one on consoles and I was just like, how is this gonna translate to a controller? And then I remember being very pleased like, oh very well, it can, yeah. it, 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 it converts very well.
0: So. Yeah, well having a dedicated dodge button helps, you yeah. know, like having the O button be a, a get out of trouble button. Um, but uh, yeah, I kind of really enjoyed the, my brief time with it. Uh, I was rolling multiple skeletons i even got exotic gear that let me have even more skeletons so i was running with six uh skeleton warriors and five skeleton mages so i was just steamrolling everything that i ran into
1: jack was very impressed with your skeletons (laughs) so yeah he found something he had 12 of them going he's very impressed
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and it was like yeah i just nothing nothing uh would hurt me and and counters would just be insane like i found a cursed chest which just randomly would summon a bunch of demons. Okay. And it was just chaos, like, you, I couldn't even see my guy, just I had skeletons swinging and doing magic, and I'm, I also had the ability to explode corpses, so it was just like, it was just utter chaos, but I, I didn't get hurt at all.
1: That's exactly what you want in Diablo, though. Yeah. Like, you want the chaos, and, <laughs> and get out the other side of it and be like, oh, I'm a god, yeah. and I got some more, I got some sweet loot now.
0: Yeah, and I was playing on uh, Veteran as well. Ho uh, yeah, I yeah, I never got touched. I never got close to dying. Um, I my scythe would do would heal me too. So uh, it was just yeah, I was just steamrolling. And I don't know if that was your similar experience with the sorcerer. I hear the sorcerer is very powerful as well. Sorcerer
1: is good. Uh, I went with the sorcerer because um, I typically you know go towards the bow and arrow type characters with this kind of stuff. And I just I felt like. I don't know. I looked at the um, like the skill tree of it. and There's like traps and things, and I've never really been a big fan of that. So I thought, sorcerer, okay. I'm doing an intelligence build in Elden Ring. I'll stick with some magic. And yeah, it was a really cool character. I mean, right off the bat, one of the coolest things is that you know it was very um, easy to play ranged or up close. You know, I had a, obviously fireballs that I could shoot off in the distance, but also like some electric arc melee thing that I could do to swing around so it was it was nice to be able to keep people at a distance and if they got close to kind of hit them with that but um yeah I I mean you know so when it comes to the overall impressions of the game itself I I, unfortunately I don't think I have enough to kind of speak to the game design and things like that you know hearing that you came across a cursed chess and and um you know a whole bunch of stuff like that that that's kind of the stuff I'm looking for that I would hope to see in Diablo I'm, I'm really hoping they kind of take a lot of liberties when it comes to just organically coming across things in the world so that you have, you know, it's not just the same things over and over again. It's not, okay, I'm going into a dungeon, there's gonna be a bad guy at the end of the dungeon, I cleared it out, now I go here. It's like coming across weird things, what the hell is that? And oh my God, it's a huge monster or something. Like, I hope they do that, but.
0: Yeah, it didn't It didn't happen to me, but I heard the butcher can find you. Like, you'll yeah. just be anywhere randomly, the butcher can come out, Yeah, you know, which is a famous Diablo boss. I think he was the first boss in three.
1: First boss in 3, and he was also the first boss in 1.
0: Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: remember playing Diablo 1 on my family's PC and coming across him. Um, But I think overall, you know, from what I had, you know, the limited time with it, um, I realized a couple things that betas I don't think are for me, man. Like, (laughs) this was one of the first betas I actually, like, tried to, like, set time time aside for, um, you know, and really get into it. And I just kind of, the entire time I was just like, I'm gonna be playing this again. Like I'm gonna like if I'm I'm gonna play it in the future. Like what am I doing? You know, do I really need to get my Diablo fix right now, or should I focus on the other thousand games (laughs) that I haven't been able to play? So for me personally, it was a little hard to to get into it that far, which is why I stopped at level eight. But um, it's Diablo, man. I mean, if you like Diablo, if you're into the grind, if you're into you know cool abilities and and chaos like Nick was describing, it's it's definitely gonna be up your alley. you know, hopefully it launches well. You know, that was one of the that's Blizzard's kind of mo with some some of these properties <laughs> is they don't launch particularly well. So hopefully this they take this stuff they learned with the beta, uh, have it in a good place when it does come out, but. Well, yeah. that's interesting
0: because outside of Friday night when we, I was just testing it out and had the 40 minute wait the queue times were nothing like was, yeah, Saturday uh, night we didn't have any issues with queue times yeah
1: well you you joked when or you asked me when we would play it and I jokingly said release date because like I just <laughs> didn't think we would get in and yeah I, I, I think I got 40 was the longest that I waited and um Three minutes, I think, was the shortest, if not instantaneously, when I tried one time. So right. that was good to see. Um, you know, definitely seems like Blizzard's ready for it, and they need a big win, right? Activision yeah. Blizzard needs a big win, and yeah. if Diablo falters, that like, they're bad news. But, right. but yeah, I don't know, man. I am, I am personally on the fence with this game. Not from a quality standpoint, not from an excitement standpoint, but literally just, will I have the time to do it?
0: So that was my real- realization playing the game, and why I also told myself to stop playing because. As as you mentioned, time is the most valuable thing, <laughs> yep. and uh, and uh, when you're all your progress in this game is going to be wiped anyway in the beta, you know it doesn't carry over. Why do the do the grind? Get your all these characters to level twenty five or whatever. But uh, between the the map, the quest, the side quest, the world events, um, there is also other players running around, and uh, there's like all these dungeons. Like there's like. 20 dungeons on the map and this is just the, the, the starting area that i could see that this game is going to demand so much of your time mm-hmm. and it's going to be such a grind for the whole the whole time that i am probably i don't i'm on the fence of whether i want to get into it like do i want to play this game you know and if it was like if again if no games were releasing yeah but we're final fantasy 16 we know it's now coming for sure Later that month, you know, we'll be playing games before that. You know, I'm God, Street Fighter Six is looking appealing to me too. It's pulling me in. But <laughs> <laughs> do, do I want this game that I'm instantly gonna know that I'm gonna have to spend a hundred hours in? You yeah. know, I don't. It's, it's it's gonna be a very hard choice, and it's gonna be, <clears throat> and I know when it comes out and the reviews are through the roof, it's also gonna be hard to resist. Yeah, but. That yeah. was that was my little realization over the weekend. Is like, man, I don't know if I want to just do this because, while it is cool making a bunch of guys explode over and over again, doing it over and over and over again just so that
1: I get that loot grind. Yeah, It's just I don't know if I can do it. <clears throat> yeah, that was that was fourteen year old John um, <laughs> style. I don't know if that's thirty three year old John. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it's it's for me. I, I'm definitely not getting at a launch. I'll probably you know, me with my impulse buying, it'll probably be like, I'm hoping for like a $30 range for when I would want to get it. Because I don't think I'm gonna be able to resist it forever. Like I would like to play through the campaign, but the other side of Diablo is, from the the, the diehards of it, I've always heard the game starts when you beat it. Because right. like, then you unlock Adventure Mode, which unlocks all this other extra shit. And it's just like, right. uh, you know, what, what's my end game? So that's the question I need to answer myself, is what is my end game with it? And uh, we'll go from there. But it is, it is definitely high quality. I would be excited about it if you are planning a game.
0: Yeah. And there's a lot of like like visually it looks really good. It's very dark. It's they're very mysterious. Um, they they actually have interactive cutscenes where your character actually moves around and emotes, you know, so it feels a little more natural, not just everyone just you know as we've seen in every video game the back and forth just standing there at each other yeah. so the world seems
1: more realized the good old hogwarts legacy yeah <laughs> yeah so uh oh i do want doesn't you brought up cutscenes? like then i i guess i missed this maybe because i when it came out i was like yes diablo i'm gonna play it. i don't care but the opening cutscene i thought was fucking awesome and it was i guess the same one that they showed three years ago when they first announced it but uh I was shocked at, I just thought it was super cool, just that whole vibe that it gave out, and like the birth of what, Lilith, Lilith is the bad guy, mm-hmm. it's just super cool, so, yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know, man, I'm just, I don't want to be old, I want to be <laughs> young again, I <laughs> have all the time in the world, you know,
0: <sighs> Yeah, but alas... But that being said, I mean, yeah, it could be a chill game to play. We always talk about those games where you can just turn your your brain off and just yeah. play through it. Good this podcast gaming, though. Know? Yeah, this could be that game. This could be a game you might be able to play on your backbone and just... And you know, knock it out, and <laughs> you know, just just because it's because again, it's mindless, and especially until you fight like certain bosses, you really don't have to pay much attention. You're just hitting, no. hitting
1: buttons over and over again. It's almost like a proto auto battler. Like yeah. it's not an <laughs> auto battle; you have to hit buttons. But you, if you get to a certain point, you really don't have to do much. Right, right. Well, the yeah, in a good so, way though, like, it's, it's still fun. Yeah, yeah. So
0: yeah, I enjoyed my time with it. I just don't know if I can. I can put myself into that grime, but yeah. You know, we'll see. We'll see where I'm at in June.
1: Yeah. I wonder I wonder if it's this or Street Fighter Six is like or if you ignore both of them entirely and just say I'm just gonna wait for Final Fantasy and then That's probably what really is gonna happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah You'll <laughs> be playing something else.
1: Get back to Neon White. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, well again I'm in the same boat. There's a lot of games coming out. I got I'm playing Resident Evil 4, as we're just about to talk about. Persona 5 still, mm-hmm. Jedi Survivor. Horizon Burning Shores.
1: <laughs> Isn't it sad, though, that you're not mentioning Suicide Squad in that conference? Doesn't, it, doesn't that hurt a little bit? That sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, that
0: it's just... Well, it's going to get delayed. Yeah, I know. So. But, you know,
1: still
0: just... But, yeah, it, w- it would be if, I mean, if that was a good game, too. That's kind of how this year's been, is, like, you just got to pick your battles, pick your games. Yeah. You know, and try and get through some. So I'm trying to yeah, that. Resident Evil 4 is only 16 hours, and I'm kind of like, that's nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh i just thought i have three games beat this year we were talking the other day about how many games i have i got dead space too dead space Space, norco and uh turtles (laughs) there you go (laughs) (laughs) but uh
0: all right let's move on because the other big game released was resident evil 4. i am on chapter 9 which puts me about i think halfway through the castle section of the game Um, and it is a very faithful adaptation of Resident Evil 4 Um, there are plot details that are that would come up and I'm just like oh yeah I remember this happening now Um, so it's it's very pretty it plays obviously a lot better Um, anyone who played the demo anyone who's played Resident Evil 3 or Resident Evil 2 will will know because it's the same engine but the one thing that's kind of turning me off because I am playing it in this lens of Resident Evil 2 Resident Evil 3 and Resident Evil 4 is just how arcadey it is it is all about combat encounters after combat encounters and not to say Resident Evil has always had combat encounters but usually it's you know about survival it's about puzzles and this doesn't really have that it's just not really all the puzzles are very simple they're kind of limited to a single room you're never kind of exploring a region you're just going kind of on this linear path to this and this and this and there's just a lot of enemies like more enemies than you'll have ever seen in the series and the spectacles there all the big boss fights I did the big lake fight I did I fought a couple trolls already um, and I kind of prefer the other way I kind of like Resident Evil 2 and 3 where they weren't as you know bombastic yeah. You know, even even the Merchant character is just so out of place. He's just, he's so absurd, and it kind of really, and I know Resident Evil is campy, like, that's part of it. But man, is he just the biggest camp. He's just, he's just not a believable character to exist. And I, maybe you felt the same way
1: about the Merchant in uh, Resident Evil 8, that big fat guy. Yeah, actually, I'm <laughs> glad you pivoted, because I was like, no, the Merchant in 4, when I played it through, was awesome, but back in the day, but... Yeah, the one in eight definitely felt the exact same way. It's like, yeah, you're cool design and like, I like everything, but when I try to just like, I don't know, fit you into this world, it just feels weird. Right. And, and yeah, and it might just be as simple as like, we've gotten past this in the industry. Like in 2005, like when the, when the game first came out, a character like the, that merchant, maybe, yeah, like you embraced the camp a little bit more because things haven't gotten to a realistic sense that we've really gotten to at this point where it's just like, it's cool, and, and I haven't played the game yet, For full disclosure, so, like, you know, these are Nick's opinions. I'm just kind of trying to say my piece, but, um, yeah, it might, might might take you out of it a little bit. For sure. Yeah. And it, but this is also, like, the same game where there's a little tiny Napoleon man running around. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. <laughs> He's very
0: creepy in this, though. Yeah. He is very creepy looking. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and also, like... The game is you never, you're never item management is just really not a thing. I know you were you were psyched about the case management, yeah. You know, but that's not really an issue in the game. Like you're not, I've never, I've never had to sacrifice. I can always have at least one handgun, one shotgun, one rifle, yeah. one bolt thrower, uh, flashbangs, grenades. Oh, I can carry all that stuff, and the game throws so much money at you that you're just, you know, you're upgrading all your weapons. You're doing everything right. It's just. Yeah, it kind of just removes that one element of the game, which is you know resource management, uh, you know puzzles, you know making notes of where things are. So you got so when you do get a certain key to come back, you know it kind of removes all those elements,
1: and it, I think it takes away from the game. Do you do you think that some of your issues might be resolved by playing on a higher difficulty?
0: <laughs> no, because no? I think it would just make those those stressful sections where they, like I said, they throw so many guys at you, and you know, you gotta manage them, and then you gotta, you know, when Ashley gets introduced, you gotta manage her, you know, you gotta tell her to hide, or tell her to be close to you, and then you're fighting guys, and a guy will sneak up behind you, carry her away, and then, I swear to God, every play, every time I play the game, I shoot Ashley in the head once because uh, she's getting taken away, and I'm being swarmed by guys. I'm just like trying to fire off shots at the guy, just trying to hopefully one bullet hits him and he drops her. And I always hit her in the head. Yeah, like uh. you, you, you have always hated women,
1: women. So I mean, it makes sense.
0: No, no, no.
1: Just kidding.
0: And, well, and uh, just to speak of Ashley, I actually really do like the character in this. I think they did a great job of animating her fear. And her like her her just body language in general, that it's very believable that she would be as freaked out <laughs> as she is. Yeah. And uh, and I I do like the dialogue. I do like the dialogue between her and Leon, and I think that that that's great. And I, I will have to disappoint everybody. You know, in our very first <sighs> podcast, we used the ballistic missiles line from the yeah. original Resident Evil 4. It's not in this. Stupid. Yeah. Garbage. <laughs> Garbage, man. But uh, the, the, the writing is better. It still can be cheesy at times. I really don't like the dynamic between Ada Wong and Leon. You never have, though. No. You've always seen <laughs> Ada. Yeah, she's just an absurd character that can just pop in and out whenever she pleases. Yeah. And then she's kind of Leon's weakness, even though she betrays him all the
1: time. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> it's just... It's, it's fine. So, it sounds like... Sounds like you like the game, you're not in love with the game. Right. right. Yeah, that's, that's probably it. Would you rank Resident Evil 3 as your number one of the remakes? of uh, Two, three, and four? Right. Uh, yeah. I that's like interesting. That's most. interesting. I feel like you're very sm- a very small minority. <laughs> no, I am. I'm sure I am. Because
0: yeah. I know Resident Evil 3 is probably the, the least liked one.
1: Yeah, typically. Uh, but
0: I, I definitely went into that as I knew ahead that it was six hours. It was also I the d- only
1: one you never played, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, the original, yeah. Right, right, right. And then um, also I I wasn't there for the tacked-on multiplayer, uh, the, which we talked about. Um, so I, I just went to it as a game in the series. And again, as we talked about, you know, like the length of a video game can be a good thing now with sure. now that we're older, yeah. and it was like, oh, six hours, sweet. Let's do it. You know, it's, know. there's just enough time to pop in and pop out. So
1: All you kiddos out there, know that you got it good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, that's, you know, because I, I have heard from, you know, obviously it's got, I think it's sitting on a 92 right now on yep. Open Critic, and I've talked to some buddies of mine, you know, they're in love with it. So um, that is the that is my, my, I'm not fearful of it, but... The moment you start introducing high volume of enemies into a survival horror game, it removes probably my favorite part of a survival horror game, which is like a sense of dread and a sense of, um, you know, just kind of feeling a little bit helpless. And as soon as I start roundhouse kicking people and, and you know, having 300 bullets in my machine gun, it, it removes that a little bit. So I'm trying to put my, my mind in a place that, especially after hearing you talk about it, this is more of an action game than a survival slash horror game. So, Correct. but you know, but I, I did, I loved four when it came out when I was when I was younger. So if it is faithful, like I, I know I'm gonna love it. I just, I hope that I'm not feeling like I did at the end of Dead Space or at the end of um, God, what was the other survival horror game that I Resident Evil Village? Where at the end I just like I'm just. Like I said, 400 bullets of with my machine gun. I'm not even thinking about anything. I'm just, just <laughs> literally just putting a, a, a red dot on enemies' heads. So, yeah. you know, yeah. hopefully, hopefully I don't feel that way, but I'm still very excited to play it. So, um, you know, I'm sure once you get it done, you probably, you'll have it done. Shit, man, you might have it done on Monday, knowing you. Yeah, <laughs> probably. So. Yeah, I do want to finish it so I can get back to Persona. Yeah. But, uh Yeah, I just don't
0: think. And also, it's funny when you when I played the game back then, I probably beat it like six, seven times again because I was. Did you really? Holy shit! (laughs) Yeah, like I unlocked all the skins and all kinds of stuff like that. And that's what these games are built on. I already know like this game has new game plus. Yeah. I know there are a bunch of skins. Every. Every and I forgot, I always I forgot about the, that the game takes place in chapters. Like, it's kind of like each chapter is kind of like an episode and it ends, and you go kind of get like a, a summary screen and you can save, and then you go on to the next chapter. Yeah, that and is stuff. very
1: mid 2000s. Yeah, <laughs> yes, Devil May Cry was always that. the same way.
0: Yes, it is very much like Devil May Cry. So, there's, there's these things that are all everything's just coming back to me. So, um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I'll probably just. I'll probably beat the game, and then I'll be done with it.
1: You know, I so, probably won't touch it again. So Dead Space probably won your survival horror remake battle. <laughs> we'll right. see. I haven't okay. finished it yet. Okay. All right. but, Good to uh, So far. All right. Nick hates Resident Evil 4, guys. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move into another juggernaut franchise. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast... Uh, We got some gameplay from a much-anticipated game, and although this is called the PlayStation Pals, you know, when when these large-scale games, you know, something like a Starfield comes out, we got to talk about them. Uh, And that game is Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So, uh, I believe it was Tuesday uh, we uh, got—was it Monday? Yeah, Monday it it was announced that they were going to get the 10-minute— Well, Monday was announced, Tuesday they showed it. Yes, correct. Um, Got uh, a little over 10 minutes of of gameplay, and it wasn't so much gameplay as it was, just kind of, I think, showing us a couple of the new systems, uh, new skills that Link has, and... You know, going into this game, it's it's standing on the shoulders of IGN's number one game of all time, right? Like, it's not, we're not talking like a sequel to something like a small game. This is a big deal. And so there's some apprehension because it's like, okay, it looks so similar. They're using the same map, like... Is this going to be able to justify the sequel um, to a, a Zelda game? And it's funny because we just went through this with Ragnarok. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, it's, well, it's just you get or last, you know, you get these huge games, and it's like, God, how are they going to improve it? And they do usually. Like yeah. when you hit these teams that have been with these franchises for so long, they know what they're fucking doing. They know these worlds and these systems and these characters and everything yeah. better than we do. So you got to just trust them sometimes. And after seeing this ten minutes, man, I am. Fully on board with what they're doing here Um, One of the biggest things I think that people were surprised about with Breath of the Wild is how interactive it was And how the physics were at play in the world where you could kind of think of a situation be like is that gonna work? And then it usually did and it's very very impressive especially if you play a lot of video games because you know that You know it takes a lot of programming and development to get these systems to work with one another and they're taking it to A Tenth degree with this one at least and just based on four little four little skills that they showed us Uh, The first one that they showed us uh, is called the recall mechanic And the big thing with this game is there's these sky islands up way above Hyrule, right? That basically almost create a second type of world and you know, so one of the first questions well How do we get up there? And so Link has a new ability called Recall, where with specific objects, he's basically able to rewind time. So they show this huge rock falling out of the sky. Link's able to climb on top of it, use Recall. It transports him up into the sky. He gets on the thing. Okay, that's pretty cool. Like, that's nothing... It's not going to break the game in any physics way, but it's still pretty cool, right? And then they show off a new skill called Fuse. And this is where I started to go like, okay, this game's going to be pretty fucking cool, where <laughs> um, like one, of the, one of the drawbacks of Breath of the Wild that people didn't like was weapon durability. The weapons kept breaking, you have to keep getting new ones, you fall in love with the weapon, you don't get to keep it for a while. And so while they didn't get rid of that entirely, which I, I think is probably a good idea because I, I I don't know, it just would completely redefine how the game is, is. They decided to put in this new ability called Fuse, which allows Link to fuse together two items to basically create a brand new weapon. So the, the example they showed us is he has a little stick, it breaks super easy. So what does he do? He finds a huge-ass boulder in the world, goes up next to it, hits a button, and then boom, the boulder's on the end of his stick, and it's a huge fucking hammer, and he just beats the shit out of people. It's great. (laughs) So then that opens up your head. You're like, okay, so is it just a couple things? No, man, it's everything. You can combine... So many things it seems like. You know, they showed us an example where he had a bow and arrow. He put an a eyeball, which fell off of a weird bat character. It's just like something used for cooking. He combines an arrow with an eyeball. Now it's a heat-seeking arrow. He puts <laughs> he puts a frost jelly onto the arrow. That's basic stuff, right? You can freeze enemies. Um, he had a very long wooden pole that's just kind of think of it like a... I don't, like a wooden pole, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and he came across a pitchfork and he fused those together and then he had this super, super long pitchfork that he could just kind of poke enemies away um, from really far away. And that's just, I love that kind of stuff, man. I love the sense of wonder and like, what's this going to do? What's this going to do? What's this going to do? You're just going to combine everything. It's going to be okay. fucking awesome. Um, and that's not all. And we got this new ability called Ultra Hand. And this is probably the one that's going to have the biggest ramifications on the game itself. Um, where basically you can glue things, right? So the example they used in this showpiece is there's a big wide river. Link is very stamina dependent. He can't swim across the entire river. He's going to drown. So he... gets a couple pieces of logs together, glues those together, sees this weird fan thing, attaches that to the back of it, attaches another one, boom, he's made a boat. He hits the fan thing, starts going across uh, across the river and that's his way to get across. But it's not as basic as that. They've shown hot air balloons that people have built. They've shown like you can attach a canvas to the boat and if there's wind present, the wind pushes the boat. Then you attach fans to the bottom of it, hit the fans, they shoot you up into the sky. I won't take credit for this because you know we watched a, a video of it earlier from a, a YouTuber that Nick and I both love, Kyle Bossman, he's great. But they're making a broken game, but in the best ways. Like They're basically inviting players to say, go fucking crazy. See what you can do to break it. And I think that that is takes a lot of fucking balls and it takes incredible amounts of talent to have developers in place to be able to do those kind of things. Um, and then the last ability that they showed off, uh, I believe it was called Ascend. Um, which basically allows link to just I don't know, swim through any physical barrier as long as it's straight up so if he's in a room he's in a jail cell and there's a ceiling to it he can use his ability he poop he pops out of the out of the jail cell you're in a cave on top of that cave is a mountain on top of that mountain is a field you can use it in that area so that you don't have to worry about fucking climbing up the hill climbing up the mountain using the stamina finding a thing falling off and you're in a different way. <laughs> One of the things I liked least about Breath of the Wild. Um, And these are just a couple different examples. Obviously, you know, it's it's what they wanted to highlight. So, obviously, like, these are going to be some of the bigger changes. There are still some concerns I think I have just in the fact that, like, I'm hoping Hyrule doesn't feel too samey. You know, if, like, they have these Sky Islands and these new abilities that kind of tailor to, you know, work with that system. It's like, hopefully... Uh, the land of Hyrule hasn't been left behind, it's just more of the same. But I think even with the skills present, even if it is the same map, it's, it allows you to play with that map so much differently. And... Um you know, I've ranted for a long time, but Nick, you know, I, I know you got a chance to watch it, too. What were your quick impressions of it, you know, besides me just saying everything that the entire thing just had?
0: So I never played Breath of the Wild, and I can tell from watching this video that it's not for me. Yep. Like, these systems don't do anything for me. I just don't want to play. I Fucking around in a world does just doesn't doesn't interest me anymore. Uh, as as it go in regards to the gaming, you know, I don't like Minecraft or any other. I just don't have the creativity, I guess, <laughs> anymore. But I, as from watching this, is a great way to display a game. I think it just shows you enough to the kind of like because this game has been dark for so long. Like we did, like I said, we didn't even mention it when we were talking about. Oh, you have to be Elden Ring by June. Totally forgetting that this game is yeah. like the beginning of May. Yep. And, you know, and Nintendo's been kind of dark on it until this video. And it, w- it was just a great overall presentation. It just, it, like I said, it showed you like the base mechanics, it got your brain moving. They're very coy about showing very a lot of views where you can see a lot of crazy stuff in the background. Uh, you know, have to use that recall mechanic. He's sitting on this island, and you can see a dragon in the background flying around. You can see this big cloud with that has lightning bolts shooting from it, and just like again, it just like from it's it's what's not said. You know, that's actually really important, and I wish more games would do this or have the confidence to do this to yeah. just go. You know, we're not going to show you an action-packed trailer. We're not going to show you Ganon or some big boss fight. We're just going to, you know, show Link doing the most basic things ever, fusing a rock to a stick, and and then just letting the the players just like go wild in their brain because they they've been in this world before, so they know what kind of items there are, and just going, oh my gosh, I, I think I could make this, or I could, I wonder what would happen if I fuse this and this because I know it existed in the last world, and. Yeah, just Nintendo has such confidence, you know, and it's it's great. But it was just a great demo. It was just I I I found it interesting to watch from just like a game design and a way to communicate what your game can do, even though the content of it was didn't interest me particularly.
1: Yeah, and I mean that's that's what I I can't believe that Nintendo's developers are just so much (laughs) ahead of everybody. At least when it comes to physics, like. You know, just implementing a skill like Ascend, right? All it is is you can just go through anything vertical above you. They have to think about that entire world now. (laughs) Um, Is this going to break anything? Is this going to... You know, allow a player to progress faster than we want them to, earlier than we, like, whatever the case, like, there's so many things that they need to think of, which I understand your point that, like, this isn't for you, but I know that the developers and the world, the people who design this world, you're going to have to get creative with the things to do the main mission, like, to get through the path of the games, and, like, I'm Mm -hmm. excited to see, you know, what are they going to, um, you know, demand from us as a player, and, you know, will I be able to come across that stuff organically and have that aha moment that just feels really good, or... You know, I, I just don't know, but I do know that this game is going to be awesome. I am very very excited for it. Um, you know, and uh, well, yeah, it's a I, lot.
0: It's a lot like Elden Ring. Like when I think about like the mm-hmm. they're the, both those kind of game designs of just. In, in, I know Breath of the Wild was this way too, where it just put you in a world you kind of had a loose direction to go into, and the the real highlight of the game is just the discovery. You know, it's just the same in Elden Ring. It's like discovering hidden volcanoes and underground layers and all kinds of stuff like that you know weird bosses weird enemies and this game's gonna do that too But also have this giant layer of physics and tools to play with that, you know, just going to keep you—this is going to be—I'm sorry, John. It's another 100-hour game, I guarantee you. I I know it is, but, like,
1: I'm—you know, while I'm playing through Elden Ring, like, I'm honestly, like, yeah, I could see myself beating this and just restarting it. Like, these—you know, like, not that I'm going to because it's more important to me to beat games, but, like, there are games that come come around that are— worth it and this seems worth it and i know nintendo has probably a ton of surprises up their sleeve that we aren't even ready for like shit man i remember when the first trailer for this came out like zelda was with link in like some dark dungeon she was wearing like almost adventuring outfit can you play as zelda i don't know like you know there might, zelda might be a playable character with their own set of skills like you don't mm-hmm. know with nintendo and that's what's so exciting You know, you don't know that you want a Mario game where you throw your hat onto a T-Rex and then you're a T-Rex. You don't know (laughs) that you want a Zelda game where you know where you are using a Wiimote like a like a sword. And granted some people didn't like that, but like they're the the kings of being creative. And I think you're right with the eldering comment, man. Like, this is the type of open world that I'm pretty sure every developer in the world wants to make, but right now, until somebody else can break into it. There's only two developers that can do it. And that's From Software and that's Nintendo, you know, and, and um, they're just going to be able to expand upon the formula that they basically designed with, with the uh, introduction of Breath of the Wild. So um, very, very excited. Number one pick in the Fantasy League this year. High confidence. <laughs> going to be dope. Um, I probably shouldn't know if May 15th, May 12th. Uh, I think it's mid-May, May 22nd, maybe. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me let me get that for you guys. May 12th. Okay. Maybe May you. 12th. So, um, funny enough, uh, Horizon releasing another thing two weeks <laughs> away from it. Yeah. <laughs> Come uh, on, guys.
0: Yeah, we mentioned that last week. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, it's it. almost a month we'll have
1: on its own. Yeah, it's, and it's not competing proper or things. So, um, yeah, but right. cannot wait. Cannot wait.
0: All right, then let's move on. we got some news. All cover. right.
1: So, on a less positive note but luckily not too negative for Nick and I because we don't play this game but it is something we want to talk about is the very very popular 2022 Game Awards fighting game winner multiverses is uh, still in beta Nick did you know it's still in (laughs) beta
0: Uh, I, I forgot. Yeah. yeah but I, I do remember when you launched the game, it always would say beta.
1: Yeah, so we have gotten confirmation that multiverses is going to be going dark for an extended period of time, which uh, is a lot of different – we have a lot of different thoughts about it. So we wanted to kind of just get out the information and just discuss. But um, starting in uh, June – the two year beta period is going to end where they're gonna go take the game completely offline rework some things to hopefully have the game back out in 2024 early at some point. There's a lot of different angles to kind of tack this from Nick, but I first wanted to just talk about the player base and the concurrent players and things like that of multiverses. So when this game first came out, It had a peak of 153,433 players, right? When it came out, people were psyched. Oh, I can play Bugs Bunny versus Arya Stark, and that's cool. And, like, oh, it's a Smash competitor. Oh, guess what? It's not halfway bad. You know, we've gotten all these Nickelodeon All Star Brawls and these halfway decent ones, but never one that could actually compete with Smash. And they thought this would be it. What do you think, Nick, the the 24-hour peak is of this game on Steam right now? <laughs> it, we're keeping in <laughs> mind, it was 150,000.
0: <laughs> well, this is only the Steam numbers, right? Correct. Uh, so it doesn't include counts. No,
1: but I think you could probably draw those lines across. I'm, I'm, sure,
0: I, I'm sure it's low. It has, I mean, this game has not had any content drop for a long time. I mean, since last year. So, yeah, and... and it's 100% why they're moving away for a minute for a little bit. Hey, I was gonna make that down. point later. <laughs> is that uh, I'm sure it was probably under a thousand. Yep,
1: 644. Yep. So, and that's kind of, you know, where I wanted to lead this conversation is like, somebody dug up a tweet from the director of Multiverses back in June of 2022 saying like, hey, big fan of the game. I understand this is in beta. When it gets out of beta, what's the plans? And he's like, as long as there's no huge bugs, we plan to just roll into the release. Mm. Things happen, right? I understand. Bugs could come up. But they've never mentioned anything about that thus so far. They're like, we need to take it back to retweak some things, to mm. you know, make sure we understand what our progression system are going to be for releasing content and things like that. And it just feels really bad because where was the communication, first of all? Like th- Nobody knew. The people who were playing this game didn't know that this game was, A, still in beta and that they were just going to completely take it off in general. Two, this is a game that people have spent money on. Yep. It has two full season passes, um, you know, and it's a game that people invested money and time into, So like, and there's no, there's no refunds to be issued. They say, obviously, if you have credits in the game, it's going to roll over into the full release, but like, when is that going to be? Like, you have to be more transparent with your communication. Um, this is a game that had a $100,000 tournament at EVO. Like that's that should not be the case for a game with beta and I just I'm getting so tired of this is in beta This is early access. This is open beta. It's like what are all these terms even mean? (laughs) Like is I thought that I thought a beta was there to be able to iron out bugs and make sure you're ready for full launch Not to have a game for two years to win awards to win a game award to have a hundred thousand dollar tournament Just to be like yeah, we're just gonna take it away for a little bit. (laughs) It's silliness. You're right. I don't like it Um, and I just you know, I wanted to kind of just get that out there because it's just I don't I think this game's dead now. Like, do you do you see a way that they can they can make multiverses splash again, or is it gonna come back and people are go like, yeah, I don't. Eh. Eh. So
0: that's that's interesting that you think that way because I'm kind of thinking this is the smart play. Okay. Because I don't think the game is limping was limping is limping along now. Sure. And and I know it hasn't had any content, so that doesn't help. Like, you know, if it had a season three and a season four leading up to this point, um, you know, there might be more interest. There are more characters, but they haven't had any new content since November. So it just it makes sense to just pull back. Revit the game relaunch again. You get a new press cycle, because all the sites will be covering the launch. You'll pro- you can sit there and sure. bring another eight new characters or something, you know. You can fix all the issues that you and me had when we played the game back last year. I think I think it's smart. I think it's just a way to just, you know, multiverse's 2.0, you know. Yeah. This is the new version of the game. Everything's been reworked, retuned, and we're back. All your credits are back. All your unlockables are back and you know people will at least be checking it out
1: yeah you know you make a lot of good points Um, I think for me it's mostly just I, I don't like the idea of companies just kind of being able to do what they want, like to be able to just toy around with the people who are supporting their product like if the communication was better if they said from the get-go, like, look, guys, like, you are helping us build this platform to be something special, mm-hmm. and just a heads up, like, we are dedicated to it. We're going to probably be taking it offline later, and, uh, and you know, to, to, to really support it. But it just – it seems like a company that just, like, oh, shit, it didn't go the way we wanted it to. Uh, okay, let's just go reverse everything we did. We're going to figure <laughs> it out and then come back, and it's just – you know, I hope I hope they're able to figure it out and make a product that people want to get back behind. But it's like I don't know, man. If I was one of these players that like one of these 644 people that have actually been wanting to play it for the last 24 hours, I'd be I'd be I'd, I'd just be mad. It's like I'm the one that's here supporting you. and You're just going to take it away, <laughs> and I paid you money to for what? That's I, I don't know, man. It just it just seems the pitfalls of these live service gross. games. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I. Yeah, man, life service. I think it just <laughs> needs to go away.
0: So I think the one saving grace here is that this game was free. So it's free to play, so I think, you know, like you you didn't drop seventy dollars or sixty dollars to, to buy the game, and then this is happening, yeah. like, and you're just sitting on a dead dead launcher for a while. Um, so, and it is coming back. So, I guess you will just have to, you know, if you if you did love the game, it's just you're just gonna have to take a break and play one of the 30 sweet ass games that are coming out this year you know
1: yeah it'll be an interesting game to keep an eye on when it comes back I mean yeah to see if it if it just has that initial pop and and falls off a cliff again or if it stays but they uh, yeah they need to be able to have a better cadence with their 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 characters I mean I think that's that's got to be the linchpin for everything with these platform fighting games. Is that everybody got so excited in Super Smash Bros. when it's like, what's the next character going to be? Mm-hmm. What's it going to be? And if they have that same type of excitement for WB, Pro, like, you got Lord of the Rings, you got um, Looney Tunes. You have so many different things to pull from. Yeah. Like, you, you have more to pull from, almost, honestly, than Nintendo did. So, um, we'll see. I just, yeah, I don't know. It strikes me as just kind of a very anti-consumer thing hopefully hopefully they they turn it around and and make it you know what people want it to be but
0: the thing you mentioned just the what is a beta now is just it's just so funny like what is it it, it's it's nebulous it's just a not finished product but what it means as far as access and how long it will last and i know like i think there's like daisy has been in beta for years now and it's just like what is what is what does beta mean anymore, you know? Yeah. We just went through a beta with Diablo and it was three days and multiverse is well being Twitch. beta for a year, you know.
1: Yeah. There are there are some things in the this industry that need ironclad definitions. That's one of them. Remake versus remaster is definitely another one. I don't know what you do, but I'm just you know, it's it just allows these companies to kind of use language and use these buzzwords I feel like almost as weapons against people and I know they're probably not doing that intentionally or maliciously but it feels like it sometimes where it's just like hey this is early this is early access it's not supposed to be good it's like but it's been out for two it's been out for two years like what do you what are you doing they don't release it it's just yeah my
0: point is like yeah if you're charging money like multiverses was I don't think you can call yourself a beta and you're
1: having tournaments and you're you're eligible for a war like winning right. the best fighting game of the year like yeah so slap in the face to everybody else who had a fun like a full release so yeah so you know because like when it comes out in 2024 is it eligible for like best new fighting game yeah like i, I don't know like again awards don't matter like right. in the grand scheme of things right. but it's just just feels like feels like somebody's like I don't know, pulling pulling the strings behind me a little bit. Yeah.
0: Like, well, it's corporate and marketing. That's all. Yeah, this is this is, is this is America. <laughs> yeah.
1: So. All right. That's all I got to. That's all I got to say about that.
0: All right. So moving on. Uh, earlier this week, things started moving around E3. We're we're getting there. Oh, we're going
1: there. Is there E3 time?
0: Oh <laughs> uh, well well I got a story for you. Mm. Um, You know, E3 has been limping along for a while now. You know, it is a physical trade show. Uh, You know, it used to be this big deal. It was this big weekly event. There would be, you'd have Microsoft on Sunday, and then you'd have Sony, Nintendo, EA, Ubisoft all throughout the week. And then you'd have all these hands-on impressions, all these journalists getting together, just news after news after news after news. Uh, But with COVID happening, E3 kind of just... Went away because you know nobody was you can have big get-togethers anymore And we saw kind of nintendo that was kind of the first one to be like "Eh, we're not gonna do a stage show anymore We're just gonna do a 45 minute video Um, just like they did with uh, tears of the kingdom, you know And we're just gonna show our games on our time and not have this big event anymore And slowly, but surely everyone started dropping out sony dropped out Uh, They weren't there last year or or, or anything around that. And Microsoft dropped out. And then IGN has kind of been on top of this. They've been kind of calling that E3 has been dead for a while, for months now. But then, you know, we got even more words that Ubisoft is out. This week, Sega is out. This week, Tencent is out, yeah. and so the rumor has started to swirl that is E3 just canceled because is that why all these companies are just saying they're not going to be there? And sure enough, on March 30th, it was official. E3 died, hmm. um, at least for this year. Uh, we'll see what happens in the upcoming years, but it's kind of the end of an era because I I don't think it's coming back. I don't think there'll ever be a physical show. No, I think we're gonna thing.
1: get these these dumb articles every February. That's like ESA trying to revive E three, <laughs> and then it just doesn't happen. But I, I
0: agree. Yeah, and we're just gonna have a bunch of, of events between, just like last year. You know, to my, John and I's dismay of, up oh, here's another event. Here's another event, and all summer long, from May to <laughs> August, we're just gonna have event after event after event, and all these announcements are gonna get spread thin. Um, It sounds like things are going to be bigger this year, especially on the Sony end. Fingers crossed that they're going to have a big blowout. You know, again, they're rumored that they're going to have a showcase from now until June. (laughs) 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 That'll blow out. Big summer blowout. (laughs) Yeah, blow out Spider-Man 2 and all their fall titles. So, you know, and even last year, I think our very first episode was called the Not E3, E3 Roundup. Because (laughs) because we had a Microsoft event. We had that Sony state of play. Uh, that announced Resident Evil Four, and uh, there were a bunch of events sprinkled around it. But uh, I don't know. I I think we were talking about earlier that we actually loved E3. You know, as as a week of content, I was big into Giant Bomb at the time, and they, and on top of the showcases, they were doing like four hour podcasts every day, and just developer and that Phil Spencer and all these other industry people would show up on it, and it was just a great watch. It was just. It was just so much video game content. It was, it was like a smorgasbord of a buffet of news and impressions and videos. And and you just got hyped because that's when all the games were announced. It was just, it was incredible. It was always the, you know, who won E3 was always a conversation. Like, who had the best showcase? Did Sony have it? Did Microsoft? Did Nintendo? And it's just
1: Gone. It was just unmitigated joy for a week. <laughs> you know, if you want to get a good sense of what E3 meant to certain people, look up Easy Allies Final Fantasy VII reveal, <laughs> and you will see two grown men—I think maybe even three—crying and jumping <laughs> around and in climbing on each other out of just sheer excitement that this property exists. And like, we will still get those moments. Like, yeah. I. As we talked about with Tears of the Kingdom, that was a good way to show off a game, but there was just something about the the condensing of it all into this Magic Week that made it feel so fun. And I'm starting to think that Jeff Keighley started COVID because, like, you know, he he, you know E3 died, so Keely could thrive. Oh, he he was
0: quick to uh, tweet out about Summer Game Fest coming June 8th. (laughs) I would too.
1: (laughs) No, Keighley's doing a great job. It's not you know I love I love Jeff, but it's just. It is a bummer that we're kind of, like you said, end of an era in this future now where it's going to be just these standalone kind of disembodied voice video probably things finally, Mm -hmm. which is is fine, but as as long as I can get a, a big Sony showcase... You know, once a year almost seems greedy at this point. Like <laughs> once every other year, maybe. I, I just still need those events where we can go to. Oh my God, it was this and it was yeah, fucking one, this what? and it was fucking this. So like, oh my God.
0: Well, yeah. When was the Wolverine? God that was of a, War, the, That was a Sony... Man, two. Yeah. When was it though? That's why I, you the, weren't it at so... work.
1: <laughs> I, 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 I want to
0: say it no, was no. twenty twenty one. I bet that had to have been twenty twenty one. Oh there yeah. Was no, there was it, no Sony showcase at it definitely all. Definitely wasn't
1: year. last year. We were in the last. Yeah. No, I think it was September 2021 would be my guess.
0: Yeah, so um, I think that's the worst part is that there hasn't been a Sony event and there has been other events, but... Like you said, it was so condensed. It was just nice. To, just, just you knew, like going into this week, like I'm gonna see some crazy shit. I'm gonna yeah. watch Cyberpunk hack the Xbox press conference at the end and get this crazy game trailer for Cyberpunk 2077. You're breathtaking. Oh, <laughs> well, that was the year after, um, but yeah. But even that same moment, like Keanu Reeves coming on stage, like there were just like moments that are just incredible that existed and. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think again, with this year kind of being a return to form for the video game industry as a whole, as far as, like, releases, that I think that these showcases will be coming back. because, But they'll just be more spread out. Like, yeah. Sony will probably have their big showcase in May. Microsoft will be back in June. We already have an Ubisoft event on June 12th. Um, they're just going to be more spread out as opposed to, like, a one... That that very condensed week of a billion announcements, but I think the showcases themselves, when they do come, we'll 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 get that we'll get that feeling back.
1: Just give me those big, uh, yeah. I just need I need to have, I don't know. I need like how I had that Hades two moment, right? I need a couple of those <laughs> a year. Um, you know, E three is not needed, but it's wanted, and um, you know, I just I don't want to I don't want a future where Sony just has like two state of plays a month. And it's like, here's this game. Okay. Now here's this game. Now here's this game. Like, I, I need those big things that we all come to work and we just, can you believe this? What about this trailer? Like, I remember when I first started getting into Reddit and like, I think it was during an E3 time and I remember just scrolling on the PlayStation subreddit and like, I'd be scrolling for, like, I don't know, 10 minutes, and, like, I came across a new trailer for something else. like, what? And this was here? Like, it's just, you, you know, I, I love that feeling. And so hopefully, um, you know, either Keeley brings it hard or, or or what the case is, but... Um,
0: I think so. I think I think we're still in the mindset of COVID when things were, like, trip feeds and there wasn't a lot to talk about. You know, the consoles were just getting kicked off. You know, we were getting all the cross... We're still getting all the cross skin stuff. And I think this summer is really going to go nuts because again Final Fantasy 16s coming Diablo is coming um, mm-hmm. Spider-Man 2 is coming Starfield there's going to be yeah. big blowouts for all these games there's so many games coming this year that that these events are going to be great and again we don't especially in Sony's as we talked about in the show, what's Sony Ben doing? What's this Last of Us multiplayer project? What is everything like? They're going to be there this summer. We're going to learn a lot. What so. was
1: that Uncharted weird tease that they decided <laughs> to put into a commercial? What was yeah. that about? Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. So yeah. Yep. Yeah. So E3 may be dead, but it will live on in Summer Game Fest and in all my the Showcases, yeah. It'll live in my so heart. It'll just be more spread out. Which you know, as someone who does a podcast. Could you imagine what our podcast would be in old E3?
1: No, we, yeah, we'd, we'd It'd have be to, like three hours. Yeah, we'd have to. We'd have to. I'd probably be like Kylie. I, I'm going to spend the night at Nick's for for our show, and yeah, and we'd just get some really greasy, bad food and just podcast and like maybe maybe that would be the thing that would be. Hey guys, we're doing a live stream. I don't know, like, yeah. you know, something fun like that. But yep. you know, that's that's the fun stuff that you really can't do with with this kind of new future, but alas, again, we're still getting games. I mean, the reason we do this thing, Poppy, anyways, <laughs> to play games. So still going to get all that stuff, but not the big, yeah. big week. But yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Nick, it's time to wrap up the show. And what better way to wrap up a show than... <laughs> you know, our our, uh, our good old PlayStation Essentials game. So, just gonna go over some of these, where again, the PlayStation Essentials is the lowest tier of the uh, subscription service. So, um, you know, if you just subscribe, you play online games, you will be getting these. And remember, uh, even if you don't plan on playing these games, highly recommended, just add them into your library. That way you don't have to worry about it. If, you know, you get some friends later that says, oh my God, did you play this game? Like, it's amazing. And it does feel weird, Nick. This is the first month, I think, in God knows how long, that I'm not able to go in there and just add them into my library because we're not subscribers at the moment. But You're not. I'm still Oh, you're still? June. Are, so you I'm can... still June. Okay. Mine is right. June. All right. Well, you can tell me how this first game is. First game coming, and this is a cool one because it's one of those rare uh, day one releases into the service, and that game is called... Why are you shaking your head? You don't want to play it? No. Not okay, Not fine. my thing. It's called Meet Your Maker. Uh, And this is coming from Behavior Interactive, who have done Dead by Daylight. Um, So it's a team that knows, you know, a little bit of something about games. That's a very, very popular game. One of probably the most sneaky popular games out there. Uh, But Meet Your Maker is a post-apocalyptic first-person building and raiding game where every level is designed by players for players. So, Doom meets Minecraft? Yeah, (laughs) kind of, pretty much. Um, So again, like I said, developed by Behavior Interactive... Um, I think it's really smart that they're adding this into the service day one. Yep. I think this game, game will like this. will die or survive based on the level of interactivity, you know. And so if you're gonna in just the player all, base and the player base, yeah. If if all the levels are created by players, you need those players there. So um, really smart move, I think, to put a game onto the service day one. If you are not a subscriber, it will be thirty dollars. Um, so you know, not too bad of a price, but that will be coming on April fourth next up oh i'm sorry that is coming to playstation 4 and playstation 5. next up we have a playstation 5 launch title from sumo digital that's Sackboy: boy a big adventure also coming to playstation 4 and playstation 5. Um, and this is a game you know i think that a lot of people kind of wrote off initially just based on the cartoonish nature of it childlike vibe that it gives out but um i did beat this game i bought this game on launch and i highly encourage people to check it out if you're into platformers it's not as childlike as you would think it it has a lot of that vibe but it's also got some of the most brutally hard platforming i've had in a game i've seen it in a game specifically one part towards the end of the of the um uh, kind of like the tri- time trials that you can do but uh
0: What would you review this game?
1: I'd give it an 8. That's not our scale. 4? <laughs> 4 <laughs> 4, wow. four to 5, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd give, it, I'd give it a 4. Like yeah, okay. it's um First off, I like platformers like Rayman Legends is one of my favorite games honestly ever I I like that style and It's just charming. The music's great. It controls well You know, it's yeah, it's I know I know we have a five-point scale, but I Internally use a ten point (laughs) scale and eight and eight seems very appropriate Um, So i would definitely check it out, you know, if you're into those kind of games Um, and then lastly also coming to PS4 and PS5, we're getting the 2021 2D action RPG side-scroller, Tales of Iron, developed by Oddbug Studios. Now, I did a little bit of research on this game, Nick. I gotta say, I kinda wanna play this one. It does look pretty good. Uh, reviewed it an 83 on Metacritic, which is, you know, higher than I would've, you know, given it I uh, I would've thought it was. Um, but, you know, it features tough-as-nail combat, uh, very interesting art style, um, you know, and weirdly enough, you know, like kind of people that like souls, souls-born combat is kind of the the thing it seems. But um, after re- reading a couple of reviews, seems like it has a very mature, awesome story. Weirdly enough, you kind of play as this king of the rats who kind of I think you need to defend your kingdom against some frogs you know kind of a, a mature story told in a more childlike way you know I think of like the did you ever read the Redwall books back in the day no no okay <laughs> kind of like those but I just wanted to read a, a quick review from gaming trend who gave it a 90 out of 10 so again this is somebody who probably vibes with this game a little bit more but um, just wanted to give it a little bit of shine because I do think this is the exact kind of game that just people gloss over and don't give it any time of day but Uh, It says, Tales of Iron is a fantastic, brutal, and gorgeous game. Placing rats at the forefront of an adventure game was a bold move and serves the world that Oddbug Studio has created immensely. The battle between the frogs and rats is intense, the combat is challenging yet fair, and the wide variety of equipment is sure to make any RPG fan excited to experiment with new loadouts. I enjoyed every moment spent in the Rat Kingdom and can only hope to see more of Redgi, his brothers, and this fantastic world. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I just wanted to kind of... I like to give indie games a little more shine. You know, they get forgotten about. Sure. You know, there's some some people that don't like to play those games, but um, and I think they're always the best example of these services because you can try it
0: for free. You yep. know, instead of having to commit. You know, I know indie games aren't very expensive usually, but ten to twenty dollars. Here, it's just here. Try it, and if you like it, yeah, you know.
1: yeah. So I think this is one of those months, Nick. That well, you know, at first glance, kind of goes, Ugh, but like, if you're into. I don't know. It, 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 feel, it fits a couple different fields pretty well, and I think there's going to be something for somebody here. Oh, the um, day and day game and two well-reviewed games that yeah. uh,
0: you can't argue
1: Three with games that. to at least check out. It yeah, might yeah. not be for you, but you, you should check them out. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's our essentials for April. All right. Cool.
0: Yeah, we're moving on. April's here, and, you know, games are coming.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, that's why. So, April is... I know you've probably said... We've probably said this three times on the show already. Burning Shores and Jedi Survivor. Those are the two, right? Those yeah, are the, the two The two biggies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, you're, you're getting... You already pre-ordered Survivor, yeah. right? Okay.
0: I, it was supposed to be out by now, so unfortunately... Oh, yeah. I'm just waiting. Honestly,
1: it's a better time for you, though. Honestly. <laughs> like, it'd be better than if it was you. Like, oh, I got this, and I got RE4, and then I got Persona. Yeah. Like, you can... Hopefully get through Persona before that. Yeah,
0: there's some more releases. Yeah, yeah. Dead Island Two is April. Minecraft Legends is April. Um, and you know, I again. think I know
1: what what site you just pulled up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So there, there. I mean, yeah, games are coming, and yeah, we mentioned
1: June is like that's the big one. Like, oof, yeah. some games then. So yeah, I think I'll be I'll be doing. <laughs> I think my year is Elden Ring into RE4 from you hopefully into <laughs> Zelda, into Final Fantasy, and then probably just beating all four of those games over the course of the next year because I'm <laughs> not beating any of them. That's probably my course. I think you'll get
0: through Resident Evil 4.
1: Yeah. Pretty oh, fast. Yeah. So I mean I'm I know I've said this probably six times on the show at this point, but had another, I had a you know good good day with Elden Ring, as the listeners know, and I had a good night last night with Elden Ring, um, so I'm feeling feeling it, feeling motivated to keep it going, <laughs> which is half the battle is feeling sure. the motivation. So. Sure. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right, so we did six things. Do you have anything to tease? I know Elden Ring is the yeah. big
1: one. I will probably have Resident Evil 4 beat, and mm. have some final thoughts on that. No, I'm I'm just in my holding pattern with neon white and Elden Ring, and then. Then I'll probably boot up Hogwarts just to kind of—I don't know, you know. Like it's—it's it's a side. It's a good side game. It's just like I don't feel like doing anything hard or stressful. Let me fly a broom, learn some spells, and I—I I don't know if I'll ever beat it, but it's still, you know, I'm still in that early part of it where it just kind of still feels a little magical. But but you also know what April means. Fools, April fools. We gotta pick, we
0: gotta decide on our bonus episode. So we'll mm. have to think of a, a topic, and if if you're listening and you want us to play a specific game or job, have an man. idea for an April bonus episode, let us know. Email it in at PlayStationPalsPod at gmail dot com. But
1: yeah, we have to get on top of that. Maybe ranking the mainline Resident Evil games
0: <laughs> as a bonus episode, we could do that in the show. Yeah,
1: that's true. But we can have a deep dive. <laughs> true. Yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe maybe well, maybe it'll be Resident Evil Four. Could, yeah, that's what I have thought. I mean. You know, you've you've got some Resident Evil fucking knowledge this past couple months, man. So, I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll talk it it over. Probably have some some info for you guys next week.
0: Yeah, and then then again, yeah, the lead up to summer is usually, yeah, we're going to get more impressions. Kind of like we got with Tears of the Kingdom. There'll probably be more gameplay videos for so many games that are coming, so... You know, there'll always be something to talk about.
1: Was there... A, I know the, the rumor was the PlayStation Showcase in May. Was part of that rumor that there'd be a state of play before that as well?
0: Or no, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. But sure, maybe. Yeah, I don't there know. might I be a state of play for Burning Shores. It'd be weird. Yeah, I, I we, still feel
1: like there's not going to. It's just If it's a $20 game, it'd be four or five hours at the most. Mm, right. To, right. But, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well,
0: there we go. <laughs> All right. So, what song are we leaving them on, John?
1: Uh, going down a little nostalgia trip. This, uh, <laughs> this uh, something about this track just sticks in my brain because I remember watching my cousins play this game when I was probably four or five, and that's Super Castlevania Four, and this is Simon's Theme, which is the very first track you hear in the very first level. Um, great stuff. Yeah. Good and stuff. Maybe Konami will actually have some more news too coming up. I mean, they're churning. <laughs> the and they're, yeah, they're thing. they're shuffling around. I mean, they're not ready to like have their big coming out party again yet. But they're they're shuffling. <laughs> There's something brewing.
0: So yeah. So when you listen to this, this pray that Konami does anything with Castlevania, Metal Gear. You know, their their franchise. What's the
1: other big one, Silent Hill. Oh, that yeah. one's coming. See ya. So
0: yeah. all right, enjoy this song. We thank you for listening, and we will be back next week with six more things. Thanks guys. See you bye guys. Bye.
1: Small world, eh? Well, I see that the president's equipped his daughter with ballistics, too. How rude! And I don't believe there's any relevance with my figure and my standing. Who are you? Oh, Oh, excuse me, Your Highness. Perhaps the young lady. Might want to introduce herself first before asking someone his name.
0: Her name's Ashley Graham, the president's daughter.
1: Is she. Well, you know. Don't worry, she's cool. Eh, never mind. There's supposed to be some kind of obvious symptom before you turn into one of them anyway.
0: <gasps> Look! Ashley, upstairs! Okay. It's game time.